Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's Radio Detective Story Hour for Monday, January the 8th, 2007. Over the past few years, I've been presenting mostly radio detectives who tended to work alone or with a less involved sidekick whose job often was to make the starring detective look good. This week, I want to take a look at one of radio's detective teams. Almost always, these teams were husband and wives, such as Nick and Nora Charles. Jack French, in his book on lady detectives called Private Eyelashes from Bear Manor Media, says... It's likely that most of the radio detective programs featuring a husband and wife were derived from the movies of Nick and Nora Charles rather than their sole appearance in a 1934 novel, The Thin Man. The one I am featuring this week is one of those that in many ways emulated the Charles team. Mr. and Mrs. North, like Nick and Nora, were amateurs. The first series run premiered as a comedy show in 1941 over CBS. Jim Cox, author of Radio Crime Fighters from McFarlane, called the show's premiere as a comedy a fact that most of its subsequent fans have probably never realized. To be successful, Cox writes, its bent for domesticity and romantic adventures was shelved and its focus made deadly serious. Here's a short clip of an opening from the early 40s version which starred radio actors Alice Frost and Joseph Curtin as the couple. The Adventures of Mr. and Mrs. North, starring Alice Frost and Joseph Curtin, and brought to you by... Woodbury, 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 for the skin you love to touch. Pamela North, those lovable, laughable solvers of mysteries. For years you've read about them in books and magazines. You've seen them on the stage and on the screen. Now here they are in person in The Adventures of Mr. and Mrs. North. is a little Russian restaurant tucked away on one of the side streets of midtown Manhattan. And here we find Jerry and Pamela North just finishing dinner. There's a popular belief among epicures that music has power to aid digestion, but Jerry has some doubt about this. Oh, boy, listen to that fiddle. No wonder there's hardly anybody in the place. Jerry, I want to hear. What? Pam, please, it's dreadful. But, Jerry, that poor fellow's playing with his heart. Oh, that's it. I was blaming it all on the violin. 
I suppose if a swing band were going full blast, you'd think it was dandy. Well, at least I could keep time while I chewed. Oh. <laughs> Come on. Are you finished? Let's get out of here. All right, dear. A waiter. A waiter. Here, let me help you with the coat, dear. Ah, gentlemen, ladies, it was all to your satisfaction. Yes. Oh, yes, thank you. My wife even likes the music. Oh, thank you, thank you. Dimitri, enough. Go back to the kitchen. Oh, does he cook, too? Dimitri? Oh, no. He washes the dishes. My wife, she cooks. Oh, are you the proprietor? No, lady. I own the restaurant. Oh. I am Josette. Dimitri is my brother. Vasya is my wife. I see. A family affair. I suppose the girl in the check room is your sister. No, that is not possible. But the doorman, he is my uncle. Vasov. Oh, how nice. Isn't that nice, Jerry? Mm-hmm. Oh, dear, will you give me a uh, coat check? My compact's in your overcoat pocket. Yeah? Well, let's see. Oh, here it is. I'll fix my face while you're paying the check. See you in the lobby, Jerry. Now, uh, gentlemen, let me see. Have you the bill? Oh, yes. Even now, I subtract it. $20. Ah, so. $240. What? Let me see. Perhaps it is wrong. No, 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 not very. It's two dollars and forty cents. But the Pam. I'm coming, Pam. I'm coming. Oh, Jerry, it's terrible. It's well, in terrible. heaven's name, what happened? Look, there in the check room. Where? Over the table. What? Good Lord. Jerry, I think she's dead. She certainly is. That's a stiletto in her back. <laughs> We'll rejoin Mr. and Mrs. North in just a moment. But meanwhile, ladies, do you realize for just 10 cents you can buy a trial-sized jar of Woodbury Cold Cream, a cream proved to give as fine or even finer beauty results than the costliest cream? Though that episode is called Restaurant Murder... Part one of the episode spends a lot of time in inane banter between the couple and the restaurant owner. Even the sponsor was a soap product directing its advertising toward women, and the musical bridges were much lighter and airier than for a story about murder. Pam and Jerry North were, like other couples who did detective work, in other vocations. Jerry was a publisher and Pam was a homemaker, yet both found themselves getting involved in crime. In the early series, Pam tended to provide more shock at events than actual detection, but always seemed to provide some insight to her rather staid husband. It was never clear why they succeeded where professionals couldn't. Jim Cox quotes one reviewer writing about Pam North that she was a, quote, normal housewife who loved cats, talked in riddles, and usually managed through clever detection and women's intuition to figure out the killer's identity just ahead of the men. The Norse were the creation of Richard and Francis Lockridge. It was their novels beginning in 1940 that fleshed out the couple, though they were really an extension of Dashiell Hammett's Nick and Nora Charles. Both couples were childless, attended posh parties, and hung out in high social circles. And of course, both solved crimes with seeming ease. Hammett only wrote one novel about the Charles, whereas the Lockridges wrote 25, the last being in 1963. Though Hammett's novel of The Thin Man sparked a number of films, 
The characters of Mr. and Mrs. North made it regularly into several other media outlets. Beginning in 1941, a Broadway play written by Owen Davis and called The North's Meet Murder opened at the Belasco Theater. Then in mid-1941, a film based on the stage play starring the characters was released by MGM in the hopes of bolstering the success of MGM's Thin Man films. The film, simply called Mr. and Mrs. North, starred William Post Jr. and Gracie Allen of Burns and Allen fame. Then in 1949, the couple came to television in a version over NBC that just didn't click. But a few years later, another effort was made, this time by CBS, starring Richard Denning and Barbara Britton, which became a TV success. Between the film and the television version, radio joined in with a version starring Alice Frost and Joseph Curtin. Those were the actors you heard in the earlier clip. That run from 1941 through 1946 was sponsored by Woodbury Soap. After it left the air, Colgate-Palmolive picked up the option and a new version was heard beginning in 1947 with the same radio actors. However, the show was a little more serious as you'll hear in the episode I'll be playing. The musical bridges are a little more serious, though the lighthearted aspects of the characters and the lighter banter between them were still the same. In 1954, a series of 30-minute, then later 15-minute episodes starring Denning and Britton appeared unsponsored. That series run was even darker in tone with virtually no light banner at all. Here's a short clip in less than quality sound of one of those 30-minute versions. Answer the door, will you, Jerry? No, I do. Yes? Is the doctor kicking me? Dr. Keegan? Oh, yes, he's here. Take me to him. Hey, wait a minute. What are you doing with that gun? Take me to Dr. Keegan and Mr. North. Or you die too. Mr. and Mrs. North. Transcribed, starring Richard Denning and Barbara Britton. Listen as Pam and Jerry solve the mystery Operation Murder. Dr. Charles Keegan is one who did return to stay, setting up an office in a crumbling brownstone building to serve the slums in which he had grown up. That was 20 years before Mary Allegro returned to the jungle. But unlike Dr. Charles Keegan, beautiful Mary Allegro hadn't returned voluntarily, nor did she plan to stay as she stepped off the curb across the squalid street from her father's little shoe repair shop. But then... Yes. 
then do the operation. Make Maria live. She's a good girl, Doc. People say no. Maria's a bad believer, father. I'm going to go away with the man. Who is the man, Joe? I don't know. I don't see Maria for ye, maybe. But Maria don't mean to be bad. Maria's just, just a baby, Doc. I find the man that drives the car to hurt the Maria. Charles. Yes, Helen. Hello, Mrs. Hello, Mr. Leggo. Charles, Mr. North is on the phone. Mr. North, the publisher? Yes, and there's a Mr. Gorman waiting to see you. I go, Doc. All right, Joe. I'll telephone you. Thank you, Doc. Hello, Mr. North. Hello, Doctor. Look, uh, I just finished your manuscript, and I like it. Well, that's very good news, Mr. North. When can we get together for a talk, Doctor? Well, anytime you say. Colonial Club? Well, yes, but the automat's a little more in my class. <laughs> Don't worry about the check. I'll deduct it from your first royalty payment. See you at one. All right, Mr. North. Helen, he likes the book. Lunch at the Colonial Club. My, my, aren't you... Mr. North is paying for it, Helen. Naturally. Well, I hope you're a bigger success as an author than you have been as a doctor. Helen. I'll have Mr. Gorman come in. This run reflected the television version, which ran at the same time. I suspect CBS used the radio version as a sort of promotion for its TV series. Here now is an episode from 1947 starring Alice Frost and Joseph Curtin in Jam Session. Colgate Palmolive Pete Company, makers of Halo Shampoo to glorify your hair, and Colgate Tooth Powder to get teeth sparkling and super clean, bring you Mr. and Mrs. North, starring Joseph Curtin and Alice Cross. In all respects, Pam and Jerry North's car is an excellent car with only one defect. It always picks the long way home. That's especially the trouble tonight when Pam and Jerry are coming from a weekend in the country and the car seems to have chosen the longest, darkest, and most deserted road. Pam, I'll have to take ten minutes shut-eye, darling, before we can go on. I'm getting dangerously sleepy. Well, let's do it then, Jerry. This is no place to have a smash-up. Yeah, just lie back in the seat, dear. All right. <sighs> Oh, I can just feel myself drifting right off to sleep, can't you? Jerry. <laughs> That's right. Go to sleep right while I'm talking. For all you know, I might have had something very interesting to say. I didn't, but I might have. <sighs> Jerry. What? Listen. Somebody's playing a musical instrument. Way out in the country. He's good, too. Where's it coming from? I don't see any houses. I wonder... Look, there, at the side of the road. A man playing a clarinet and coming toward us. He's seen us. Hey, come with me. Come with me, huh? this way. Why, what's the matter? Just behind those trees. Come and see. What's there? A tree got in the way of my car. Oh, an accident. Anybody hurt? A girl. And a tree killed her. She's oh. dead. Please come and help me. Huh? Right away. Where's your car? Over here, behind these trees. See? Holy. 
You really smashed up. The girl's in the seat. Help me, will you? Jerry, you look and see. Right. Say, there's no girl in your car, alive or dead. What? Well, she was here a minute ago. Uh, are you sure? Could you kill a girl and not know it? We'd better look around for her, hadn't we? Jerry, our car's starting up. Hey, stop! Stop! That's the girl who took your car. But you said she was dead. That's right, she was dead. She isn't now. Stop! Come back! That's our car! Which way did she go? Well, that way, didn't you see... Jerry, here's a brand new man. What? Oh. Who are you? Where'd you pop from? I've been right here with you all the time. I didn't see you. Oh, but I... I guess it's so dark. Sure. That's why you didn't see him. It's so dark. Lady, you said the girl drove your car toward New York? Right here, too, you said. You, you must have seen the car go. Only he didn't, lady. It's so dark. Let's not argue about it. If she drove toward New York, I know exactly where she's going. Get in. Get in what? My car. It's right here. Come on. I didn't see any other car here. Of course you didn't. It's so dark. My car's been here right along. What's the matter with you, anyway? Now, all of you, get in and we'll go to town. <laughs> Made it fast, didn't we? If you ask me, we made it in no time. Oh, it's too dark here. I'm going inside where it's dark. What place is this? It's a pretty gloomy-looking house. This is where the girl came. It's where we all live. So long. So long? What about our car? And the girl who was dead but isn't. What dead girl? What are you talking about? The girl in your car in the wreck. Oh, she wasn't there, and, and, and then she stole our car. Lady, you're all mixed up. Sure, it's so dark. Well... So long. Me too. So long. Wait. If you're going inside and you think the girl's in there, we're going in too. Oh, no, you're not. Murder goes on in that house and you're not allowed. But, but the girl's got our car in there. Nothing doing. It's dark in that house and if you go in, you'll get killed. So long. He's gone. I never saw people move so fast. Jerry, we've got to find out what happened to our car. The only way we can do that is to get into that house. Jerry, it's so dark. <laughs> you sound like that clarinet player. This is the darkest cellar I've ever been in. I don't think it's a cellar, dear. It's a corridor. I can touch both walls at once. Hear anything? No. We'll have to get upstairs. Here's the door. Can you open it? I can't find the handle. Oh, here it is. Stick right behind me, Pam. I'm so close behind you. I'm practically in front of you. Here it goes. It's heavy. There. Oh! Jerry, what is it? It's a jam session. These many musicians getting together and playing just for themselves. There's the man who drove us in. He's playing the trumpet. And next to him, that clarinet player. Oh. There's no air in here. And it's hot. Jerry, there's the girl, and she's singing. Yes, her mouth's open, but the orchestra's so loud I can't hear her. Can you? No. Oh! Jerry, look at the walls. They're closing in on us. The room's getting smaller and smaller. But look behind the musicians. There's no wall at all. Only black space. We've got to get out of here. Oh, no. You can't get out now. Oh, the clarinet player. But... Uh, 
How can you be talking to us here? Your, your clarinet's still playing. My clarinet plays by itself. Huh? <laughs> I told you not to come in here, didn't I? Now you're gonna die. Jerry. You're gonna die by the knife in my hand. Jerry, where are you? Help me. He's gone. Now listen to that trumpet. Listen to him climb. Okay, boys? One, two. When he hits high C, this knife goes right into you. Oh, no. Jerry! Jerry, where are you? Listen to the trumpet. G sharp. A. B flat. And look at this knife, and here comes high C. Jerry! <laughs> Pam! Pam, darling, what's the matter? I'm right here, sweetheart. Wake up. Wait, wake up. Oh, huh? oh I was asleep. Sure. Oh, darling, what a horrible dream. It must have been. You were waving your arms oh. and kicking your legs. But you're safe in the car and we can start driving home again. Oh. <laughs> you know, darling... It all started when I dreamed I heard a clarinet playing. And then I saw... Him. Jerry, am I awake? We both are. And I hear it, too. Somebody's playing a clarinet somewhere near us on the road. Yes, Pam and Jerry are awake now, but it's still pretty dreamlike to hear a clarinet in the country on a dark, dark road. Hello, everybody, hello. Hello is the shampoo that glorifies your hair, so hello, everybody, hello. Use Halo shampoo if you want naturally bright and beautiful hair. Remember, even finest soaps and soap shampoos hide the natural luster of your hair with dulling soap film. But Halo contains no soap, therefore cannot leave dulling soap film. The first time you use Halo, your hair glistens in all its natural brilliance. The natural color and luster shine through like sunshine through a clean window pane. And remember, even in hardest water, Halo makes oceans of rich, fragrant lather. Halo quickly carries away loose dandruff and grease, needs no lemon or vinegar rinse, because Halo leaves no dulling soap film, nothing to hide your hair's natural beauty. Say hello to Halo and goodbye to Dulling Soap Film. Use Halo on your children's hair, too. Get Halo shampoo at any cosmetic counter. Remember, Halo glorifies your hair. So Halo, everybody, Halo. Halo shampoo, Halo. Now, back to Mr. and Mrs. North. got to see what it is. I know what it is, darling. A clarinet being played on a dark road on a dark night. The point is, why? It's coming from behind those trees. We'll see in a minute. Now it's going away, Jerry. Yeah. Maybe drawing us after it like, like the Pied Piper of Hamlin. I'm right. Look at that car against the tree. Pretty badly smashed. Someone may be hurt. Maybe it's a girl. Oh, but she isn't there now. What made you say that? That's the way it was in my dream. Is there? Yes, there's a girl. She's there? Oh, but she's not dead, is she? 
She's alive, Pam. Oh, somehow I knew she would be. Loopy, you got to take me back. You've got to, Loopy, or I'll... Oh, who are you? We found you here in the wrecked car, miss. Are you badly hurt? No, I just hit my head, I guess. Here, let me help you out. Thanks. Where's Loopy? The man who was playing the clarinet. Uh, we heard him, but we haven't seen him. Good. You got a car? Could you take me back into the city with you? We'll be glad to. And you want to see a doctor? How'd the crash happen? Loopy tried to get me to run away with him, and when I caught on, he wouldn't turn back. I crashed the car on purpose. Loopy's the greatest hot clarinet in this world or out of it. Uh, I'm on a Tremont. I... Yes, we ought to know who you are, but... but... I'm a hot singer. They call me the scat girl. I guess you don't get around. Uh, no. But uh, shouldn't we try to find Loopy? I don't want to find him. I don't want to get back to the city. Hey, wait a second. Here's another car. Teddy. Teddy, darling. Come on, baby. You okay? Teddy, I'm so glad you got here. Now you can take me back into town. You bet, honey. And I want to get my hands on Loopy. Uh, Loopy doesn't seem to be around here anymore. Excuse me, folks. This is Eddie Rayburn, a hot trumpet if there ever was one. We're Mr. and Mrs. North. Hi. And as you're in good hands, Mr. Mont, we'll be getting back to our car. Wait a minute. What? Eddie. Huh? Something's been stolen from my handbag. You know what it is? You bet. And so do you. Oh, maybe that was uh, Loopy's doing. That guy must be around here someplace. Jerry, our car's starting. Hey, wait! That's Loopy taking Got a gun, Mr. No. Look out! How do you like that? Oh, Eddie, you know where he's going, don't you? Yeah. But how do you know I know? I wish I didn't. Won't you take us with you in your car? Okay, hop in. Okay, cats. There's your crate park just ahead. I never expected that... Jerry, we've got the car back. I hope it's all in one piece. Anyway, thanks very much for the lift, Eddie. And Mona, I hope you're okay. Hmm, I will be. So long, folks, and thanks. Oh, just a minute. I want to see that Loopy McGee and give him a piece of my mind for stealing our car. Now, look, Mrs. North, you're not going to see Loopy. I'm giving a private party. And you're not coming into that building with us or you'll get hurt. Permanently. I'll take your car and get going. So long. Nice people. We better go, Pam. It's late and there's our car. Jerry, I, I'm remembering that awful dream. and it, It's all coming true, that this strange building. This is where Eddie brought us before. Oh, darling, forget it. Dreams never come true. I know, but something tells me we're not going to leave here. No? Just watch us. Get in, dear. I'll get in the other side. Right. Jerry... Look at this, here on the seat. Never mind, dear. Never mind. Get in. Jerry, it's, it's a wanted circular for an escaped convict. Huh? Wanted Eddie Malden escaped six weeks ago from state penitentiary while serving three-year term for armed robbery. Dangerous. Former occupation, trumpet player. Look at the picture. That's Eddie. Yeah. The man who drove us into town. The man who just took the girl into that building. And this must be the thing Mona missed from a handbag. Loopy stole it from her. And they were both scared because Loopy found out he's a fugitive. That's right, Mr. North. Oh. Now I'll take it from you. Oh. Eddie, well, we, we thought you were inside. Give me that thing. Here you are. Well, so long, Eddie. Hold it. Now that you know who I am, you think I'm going to let you run off and call the police? Not a chance. Come on inside. Oh, dear. What are you going to do with us? Keep you locked up in the cellar while I finish some unfinished business? <laughs> Thank you.
just a second, Pam. The door's opening. Don't make any noise, Jerry. Not if I can help it. One more push. Okay, we're out. Oh. Gosh, it's dark. Jerry, it's exactly like it. Like what? Like the way it was in my dream. I wonder where that door is. Oh, I remember now. We just turned a corner and there... Wait a minute. Oh! Don't move. Who's that? I don't know. Just a man I bumped into in the dark. Won't be dark long. There's a light right here. There. Oh, there's two of you characters. Just what do you got in mind sneaking around here? Talk fast or you'll get in trouble. Let's begin by finding out who you are. Flash Farrell, Mona Tremont's manager and future husband. And there's a private jam session going on and you haven't been invited. Now you take a course. Jam session? Then there is a jam session. Yeah. What do you want with it? We've got to get in there to prevent... Pam! A... Oh, um, uh, Mr. Farrell, I-, I want you to hear me sing. You sing, do you? Oh, haven't you heard of me? I'm Pam, uh... Choo-choo North. Choo-choo. That's my style. Okay, Choo-choo. And who's this guy? Look, Mr. Farrell. Uh, that's my husband, uh, a Hot Lips North. Uh, Do you ever hear him play on the zither? Zither? Who can play hot on a zither? Oh, you never heard Hot Lips. Has he Hot Lips? Eh, uh, no, he never has. It all sounds fishy to me. Okay, then. Just show us where the jam session is. Okay, Choo-choo. And the first thing we'll do is to hear you sing. And you better be good. Bongo, 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 I don't want to leave the Congo, so I think I'll stay where I am. Choo-choo, civilization, I'll stay right here. Choo-choo! Okay, Choo-Choo, you're not so bad. She's okay, isn't she, boys? Not bad. Oh, I'm so glad you liked it, Mr. Farrell. Jerry, the way it was before, Loopy had a knife. See if he has one now. All right, I'll be right back. Hey, North. Yeah? Who let you out, Farrell? No, no, we let ourselves out and met him in the corridor. Now, look, North. Anybody that crosses me up gets it. Including Flash Farrell. I'll kill anybody that gets between me and Mona. Farrell's in love with her, too, isn't he? Look at her, boy. Wouldn't you be? I've got a very charming wife, thank you. Say, hot lips. Hot lips. Oh, oh, yes, Farrell? Sorry, we haven't got a zipper for you. Oh, that's all right, Farrell. Oh, uh, how did you think I was, uh, hot lips? Just great. Uh, Choo-choo? Eddie, how about giving us a number? Oh, sure, Luby, but I'll have to make it the last for tonight. Okay, Eddie, but come on. Come in, Flash. Yeah, sure. I'll see you later, Choo-choo. Come on, Jerry, it's more and more like my dream. You've got to stop Eddie from playing. Okay, I'll try. Hiya, folks. Say, I didn't know you two were hip. Hip? To what? To the rhythm. I didn't know you had the power. Now, look, Mona, I've got to get over to the bandstand. No, you don't. There's a gun in this handbag of mine. Make like you're just chatting so nobody gets leery. What's the matter? I saw Eddie talking to you. What'd he tell you? He said he'd kill anybody that came between you and him. That means Loopy. Because he knows about Eddie. Does Farrell know about Eddie, too? No, he doesn't. What are you two going to do? We don't know. I'll tell you what to do. Nothing. Just you two keep your trap shut or you'll have bad trouble with me. We can't let him commit murder. Oh, no. Hey, folks, shut up, will you? Eddie's going to rip out with a little lip. All set, Eddie? Take it high. It's oh. going right out the roof. Okay? One, two. Jerry. Yes, darling. The dream, the dream. What? 
The trumpet was playing and Loopy started to come at me with a knife. The trumpet went higher and higher like he's doing now. Pam, you're imagining things. Nothing can happen out of these planes. A flat. A. B flat. It's getting closer. Jerry, do something. <laughs> I told you, Jerry. What's the matter with him? Yeah, let me see. Jerry, is he... Yes. Eddie Malden is dead. It's a bad spot for Pam and Jerry, for they know the murderer is right in that cellar room with them. Last word on cleaning teeth is your dentist. Yes, the last word on cleaning teeth is your dentist. And over 4,000 dentists in a nationwide survey said Colgate tooth powder with the two-minute routine gets teeth sparkling and super clean. Yes, dentists say Colgate tooth powder with the two-minute routine gets teeth sparkling and super clean. So to get your teeth sparkling and super clean to show their full natural sparkle, start today with Colgate tooth powder and this two-minute routine. One. Brush your teeth night and morning for two minutes with Colgate tooth powder. Two. Be sure to brush all three surfaces of your teeth, the biting edge, the inside, and the outside. Three. And always stroke your brush away from the gums. Remember, dentists nationwide approve Colgate tooth powder with the two-minute routine. Remember, too, Colgate tooth powder also freshens and sweetens your breath. The last word on cleaning teeth is your dentist. And dentists say Colgate tooth powder with the two-minute routine... Gets teeth sparkling and super clean. It looks like he's been poisoned. Eddie, my Eddie. Okay, which one of you did it? I've got a gun in this bag that's ready for him. Mona, wait. You'll only get yourself in trouble. Listen to what the guy says, Mona. Unless you don't care if you shoot, Mona. I care, all right. I want to get the guy that did it. Mona, you're awful sure it was one of us. That's what I was thinking, Mr. Farrell. Mona, you were certainly anxious before to keep us away from Eddie. You're onto it, Pam. How about it, Mona? If anybody tries to hang Eddie's murder on me, they'll go right along with him. I loved him. Well, Mona, don't point that gimmick at me. Listen to reason, Mona. I'm listening. Somebody talk. Pam, I've got an idea. No tricks now, Mr. North. What is it, Jerry? Eddie told me he was going to kill Loopy because Loopy knew he was a convict. And we all know Loopy was in love with Mona. You mean I killed him? You're off beat, mister. Not much. You killed him to get a free hand with Mona. Okay, Louie. This looks like the last chorus for you. Jerry, wait. That doesn't make sense. No, you're in the groove, Mrs. North. Oh, but it does make sense. Good sense. Sure, Loopy killed him. He hated Eddie. Don't you move, Farrell. Don't any of you forget this gun. I'm not forgetting it. But you listen, Mona. You yourself told us that Farrell didn't know that Eddie was an escaped convict. That's right. What are you getting at, Pam? Well, Loopy didn't have to murder Eddie to get him out of the way. He knew Eddie was an escaped convict, and so all he had to do was report him to the police. But, Flash, you didn't know that. And so to get Mona away from him, you thought you had to kill him. That's a lie. Farrell, you're going after Eddie. Don't shoot, Mona. Grab him, Luby. I've got to meet you. Nice going, Mrs. North. You sure got the power. Oh, just call me Choo-Choo. What a night. Mm. 
Now it's almost dawn. We'll be home in a moment, darling. And then some sleep. I should go to sleep right now. <sighs> Jerry, listen. It's that clarinet again. Where's it coming from? Am I dreaming? And so once awake? again, the Early Risers Club greets you with music to put you in tune for the day. Oh, a disc jockey on the car radio. And we start as usual with our theme, a recording by Loopy McGee and his clarinet. Want to hear it, dear? I do not. Take me home and let me sleep and never dream again. Tuesday night at the same time, the Colgate Palmolive Peat Company, makers of Halo Shampoo and Colgate Tooth Powder, brings you Mr. and Mrs. North, starring Alice Frost and Joseph Curtin. The characters are based on those originally created by Francis and Richard Lockridge. Original music is composed and conducted by Charles Paul. The program is produced and directed by John Loveton. There's a fragrance that men love, so delightful and gay. Caressing the skin you bathe with cashmere bouquet. You're enchanting and trancing with a subtle perfume that whispers of romance in a candlelit room. And it's thrilling to bathe each day with cashmere bouquet. No other soap gives you skin. This exciting bouquet. Be sure you join us again next Tuesday when the North's a pigeonholed by a pigeon, chased by a pair of lovebirds on the wing, and caught by a murderer who has flown the coop. This is Charles Stark speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Thanks for downloading this week's podcast of the Radio Detective Story Hour. If you'd like to make any comments, you can go to the website at detective.libsyn.com or you can just send an email to me at otrpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.